0: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hold one, arm drag. Is Whoa! This is Brett, screwed, <laughs> rep. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett, screwed, Ref. Hold two, arm bar. Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hutter Hurst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C-Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. All <laughs> three. The moss-covered, three-handled family redunzel. It's me, Austin. It's me, Austin. think they got the answers, I change the questions. Oh, hell yeah. Hello everyone, welcome to the Pro Wrestling Mecca of the World in Cleveland, Ohio. I am your dangerously, dashingly, strikingly sexy ever-so-smooth-talking, ever-so-amazing host, Nick. And with me, as always, is Matt.
1: Hello, wrestling people! How are you, Matt? I'm dandy. How are you?
0: I'm great. I actually I had a terrific day. Obviously, if you're here in the States, we're a little bit late, but nevertheless, happy Independence Day. Happy birthday, America. Um, America. America. So... I actually had a very great day, Matt. I am very fortunate for this, actually. My company actually gave me today off. So because of that, my wife, Rebecca, and I, we went to um, a for, – for basically anyone who doesn't live in the Cleveland area, Cedar Point is about, uh, I don't know, maybe an hour-ish outside of Cleveland, and they have – it's in the city called Sandusky, Ohio, and – It's one of my favorite, I guess, neighboring cities. We actually went over by this lakeside cafe place called Dockside Cafe. Shout out to them. Make me a sponsor. And uh, we were up there for a little bit. And then afterwards, we come home. I went to the gym for maybe about an hour or so. And we binge watched Stranger Things Season 3 after all of that. That's been my day so far. How was your day, Matt? It
1: hasn't been too bad. I actually got to leave my work early. Really? Uh, we ran out of work because of the holidays. Uh, there was, like, no work for us. So we we started the day off at 6 o'clock. And by 10.30, they told everyone to go home.
0: By 10.30? Yes. Now, to preface this, I actually used to work this, at, for the same company that you do um i just worked in a different department now i can only imagine because your your day ends at a sooner time than what mine would have if i was still there um your day ends at two thirty. when i worked there my day would end at 4 so i'm assuming my old department probably i would say if they did leave it probably would be by one o'clock maybe or something like that that's crazy i Didn't expect you guys to to leave so early.
1: And the thing is, my department never gets sent home early.
0: No, 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 no. (laughs) So.
1: But it was even better because I started off the day by going in there and, like, real loud in front of the boss. I'm going, So we get to leave home. We get to leave and go home early today, right? (laughs) And, like, everyone's giving me dirty looks and saying, Yeah, that would never happen.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yep. Well, um, also, oh shoot, was I, oh yeah, last night. So, last night we, uh, and again, uh, today's July 5th, the day that we're recording this. Uh, yesterday, um, I actually was sort of around where you live, um, in our old hometown of Berea, which is, I don't know, like a half hour outside of Cleveland, and... And uh, I took my wife, Rebecca, and we we went to – they have this festival, so there's, you know, concession stands like Fair Food. Uh, They had free paddle boat rides, which we did. It was like 85 degrees and humid. I'm coming out of that thing because you have to have on a life vest, and I come off of the paddle boat. And even though, like, by the lake it's cooler, I was just drenched in sweat so bad, I think – I drank maybe like four bottles of water plus a Gatorade. How bad were the pit stains? Oh man, My, the pit stain game was strong. Try saying that five times fast. Pit stain game. Pit stain game. Pit stain. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of
1: a tongue twister.
0: Yeah, but uh, no, we went out there for fireworks, and uh, you and Tiffany tried joining us. It was just, it was a madhouse, and. Uh, It was already pretty late as it was, and it just—it was just the timing wasn't really good. But
1: we had actually made it up there, but the problem was the parking. It was insane. So we had actually passed the entranceway to the area that you were in. Right. And a bunch of cars were like parked off to the side of the road. They're all lined up. So I drove down until there's like no other cars and. I pulled in, so I'm like the first car. So, I'm like, come on. I turn to my wife. I'm like, come on. Let's start walking up that way. So, as we're walking up, they start letting off the fireworks. Well, that's like kind of a residential area, I guess. Because you got, like, houses on one side of the road. And on the other side of the the road, it's woods. Right. So, we're walking, and then they start lighting them off. Well... We come up by this one house and there's like a big opening in the sky and you could see the fireworks perfectly. So I told her, I'm like, no, we're not walking all the way up there. because <laughs> For one, we don't know if we're going to find Nick. All right? And And two, they're already starting to set them off. We're going to miss a bunch of the fireworks. So let's just stand here and enjoy the view.
0: Now, I I don't know, because I know I didn't tell you this, but um, when we were there, um, we we, we have a local radio show here in the Cleveland area. It's it's called the Alan Cox Show. Alan Cox is a comedian, and he has two sidekicks. It's a talk show in the afternoon. Uh, He has uh, his uh, two, I I guess, sidekicks, um, Bill Squire and Mary Santora. Now... Thing is, Mary Santora, I actually went to elementary school with her. Now, the reason why I'm bringing all this up is because when we were at the fireworks, I saw someone that went past me, and it looked a lot like Mary Santora, who is, again, she's also a comedian, does a lot of shows in, like, Ohio, New York, uh, Illinois, you know, just like the neighboring states. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, I turned to Rebecca and I said, that looks like Mary. I tweeted at her. Asking if she was at the show, at the fireworks, and Berea, and she said she was. So I knew for a fact that was her. Rest of the night, didn't even see her one time.
1: <laughs> see, you should have just went for it without even tweeting her. You should have just yelled
0: her name. Yeah, just like yell her name really loud until she responds.
1: Mary Santora! Mary. Yeah.
0: That, would, that would have been pretty funny, but... Mary uh, Santora, <laughs> say something funny! <laughs> say something funny <laughs> people would probably think that I was deranged and probably busted out of the uh, psych ward so probably not a good idea I would have done it oh I know you would have hands down I could picture you doing that you've done a lot worse for a lot less Put it but um anyway so we hope you guys had a good fourth if you're here in America if you're in other countries or any other part of the world i guess just good day i i mean i, I don't know when your independence days are I'm not, I'm not a historian but um regardless happy birthday america and with that being said if you want to hit up the show the gmails pro wrestling pod at gmail.com once again pro wrestling pod at gmail.com facebook.com slash pro wrestling pod once again facebook.com slash pro wrestling pod twitter is at pro w podcast once again at pro w podcast proslingpod.blogspot.com official website. You get podcast episodes, interviews, blogs, all that kind of stuff. And this week's blog, I actually took it a little step further, Matt. I actually posted a blog post about an ECW versus AEW fantasy pay-per-view, what matches I would have, and who I think would win those matches. I thought it came out pretty good. It took me a long time to write it because I really sat down. I really did try to think of the best matches I could possibly put on it. Thought I did a pretty good job. Available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and right here on Anchor is where you will find the show. Um, so
1: I'm curious, without spoiling the whole blog, sure, what was the main event? Nick, you there? The
0: main event winner. Yeah, I'm here. Are you here? Yeah, I lost you for a minute. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if you heard what I said the main event was or not, but... No, I missed it. The main event I booked was Cody versus Tommy Dreamer in a cage match. You know, that was actually a match I was going to suggest to you, so uh, I'm (laughs) glad you went with that one. Trust me, it it took me a a good amount of time to really think of the matches, because do you just want to, I mean, I won't tell you the whole blog, but do you want me to tell you the matches that I booked? Because I I really think that this is a good idea, and again, I won't at least tell the winners, I'd rather kind of push people towards actually viewing the blog, because that's why I do the blog, but the actual matches, I got no problem telling you what the matches are. Go ahead. Okay, so AEW's pre-show is called The Buy-In, right? Well, I took a step further, and I call it the extreme buy-in. And in that, a chairs match featuring Rhino and Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc is a UK-based hardcore wrestler. I feel like him and Rhino would actually match up pretty well. Uh, Then for the main card, I had the Young Bucks versus the Impact Players. Nice. I thought that would be a very – I think you could do a lot of creative spots with that match. I really do. Uh, for match two, I have Britt Baker, MD versus Jazz, because I wanted to have at least one women's match. And while ECW never had a true women's division, I, re- I failed to see anyone else being representing the women of ECW more than Jazz.
1: Um, yeah, she was pretty good for ECW. Um, they didn't really have too many notable women. I mean, got Francine and uh, Dawn Marie. They come I mean, to mind.
0: Lita had a cup of coffee in ECW towards the end, but I mean, you can't even really count her, I would think. She didn't even wrestle, so. Yeah. ECW, they use women for sex. Yeah, the sex appeal. Exactly. Um, let's see. Where am I? Oh, match three Maxwell Jacob Friedman versus Hangman Page versus Jungle Boy versus Steve Carino versus Super Crazy versus Yoshihiro Tajiri in a six man dance. Now. There's a little bit of a a stipulation with that match, however. In this match, you could actually pin people from the same promotion. Because the reason why I threw that little caveat in is because right now, storyline-wise, MJF and Jungle Boy are kind of feuding right now. And if you flip it onto the ECW side, Super Crazy and Yoshihiro Tajiri had a rivalry, a pretty big one towards the end. So, I would think after a while, tempers would flare, and they would actually start pinning people on their own team.
1: So, you might as well just have it
0: as, like, a six-pack challenge. It essentially is. Right. I just think it's kind of a nice little curveball of a twist. That way, it's not so cut and dry between, oh, it's one brand versus another. Like, I think that match with all six of those competitors, it would be crazy. (laughs) That would be good. This one, I, this one was like the first match I thought of when I made up this card and to me it's a no-brainer. John Moxley versus Sabu. I feel in an extreme rules match, obviously. I feel like you have Sabu who's widely regarded as one of the best hardcore wrestlers of all time. And then you have John Moxley who before he was Dean Ambrose, he w- wrestled in Combat Zone Wrestling as John Moxley, and he had a lot of barbaric matches. So, again, I kind of feel like the the styles mesh pretty well. I'm liking it so far. This match is probably the only match I'm not a full fan of, and that would be Joey Janela versus the Sandman. And, again, an Extreme Rules match. Sandman obviously doesn't need an introduction. Joey Janela, he's a, a lot like John Moxley in the sense that he was a CZW guy. Uh, uh, I think he wrestled for uh, IWA. So he has a lot of hardcore experience as well. I'm just not a fan. I think it would be very one-sided and Sandman would win, but that's the only spoiler I'm giving. Now, this one is going to be awesome, I think. And a lot of people might disagree if you're doing a fantasy card. They might see this match as lazy. But Kenny Omega versus... Lionheart Chris Jericho. And I can kind of see it in the sense that you have a guy like Jericho who's wrestled all over the world. ECW is one of those places. I honestly could, would feel like Kenny Omega would come down to the ring leading up to it, challenging anyone from that ECW locker room. Next thing you know, you have Jericho donning his Lionheart jacket and coming out and using his old school like ECW-WCW moveset. Yeah, it could be a good match. I only see it being lazy because these two have already wrestled a couple times as is. So right. it, it's kind of up in the air, but I, I think that'd be kind of cool to have Jericho instead of representing AEW, the heel that he is representing ECW. Um, and then the final match, Cody versus Tommy Dreamer in a cage. Sounds good. I, I, I really do like that card. I was very eager to write it, and as I'm writing it up, along with like, a paragraph below of who I think would win. I think it came out very well. So if you want to check that out, that's on prowrestlingpod.blogspot.com. It's right on the home page. Otherwise, just click on Blogs, and boom, there's a list of all the blogs. So I think that's everything. I think that's all the plugs we need to get out of the way, 15 minutes worth of plugs.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right.
0: So let's kick things off with your new favorite segment, and that is who, 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 is the 24-7 champion. That's right. One of my
1: favorite, favorite things going on in the WWE right now is the 24-7 championship. Uh, There's been a lot of back and forth with uh, Drake Maverick, of all people, (laughs) and R-Truth. I mean, Truth pinned him during his wedding. And then we saw in Raw... Maverick bringing his wife
0: to the show. By the way, she is gorgeous. Dude, she's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to beat her on the bush. Matt's just like, no, she's hot. <laughs> yeah, she's hot.
1: <laughs> but
0: um, they're
1: getting ready to leave for the honeymoon. Maverick keeps saying, oh, don't worry. I'm not going after the belt. Blah, blah, blah. And then what happens?
0: He pins our
1: truth for the belt.
0: <laughs> now, is, is that where we left off for the twenty four seven? It's just all these title changes. It's so hard to keep track. It,
1: it is really hard to keep track. I think that's where we left off. <laughs> I don't remember there being a SmackDown segment.
0: Um. Yeah. See, I oh man, I, I might be getting the timeline confused but i think was it on smackdown where no that must have passed i'm not sure i think it says current champion is our truth so I, i guess that that was the uh the last update with the 24 7 title so my question is are you getting sick of R-Truth having the 24-7 title, or are you just like, this is fun, let's just keep going?
1: I'm kind of like, this is fun, keep it going. But I know after a while it's going to get kind of boring. So I do like how they have it to where he's feuding with just Drake Maverick right now, as opposed to, like, running around being chased by, like, 15 other guys.
0: Right. Well, and and that's something I tweeted out during, I believe it was Raw, where it just seems like, you know, it's all fun, but the chasing thing has got to stop. Like, I feel like it's not funny. It doesn't add much value anymore. Like, it was was funny at first, but I think that novelty kind of just wore out over time, it feels like.
1: Well, see, now it's kind of like really like the hardcore belt to where the wrestler is, whoever's the champ is, He's walking around the back, and, and then just out of nowhere, one guy jumps him and tries to take the belt.
0: Yeah, that's true. I'm just waiting. A, I'm waiting for Carmella to turn because I think she will turn on Truth and become the first woman 24/7 champion.
1: But yeah,
0: I'm waiting for that too. I think that would be great. I I want to see her do it the way Terry Reynolds beat the Big Show for the hardcore title, where Big Show is just sleeping, and Terry grabs a ref, and she just, like, sort of, like, climbs on top of show while he's sleeping, and that sounded really sexual, but the ref starts pinning one, two, three while he's sleeping. (laughs) Like, I want something like that to happen. And did you notice how aroused the referee became? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Insert wrestling sex joke here. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't think of any. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, it's fun still, you know. I mean, I'm not bored with the segments. I I think Truth calling Drake as the 48-hour European United States champion. Like, he, it just seems like he's... TV champion. TV champion. It just seems like he just, like, adds all these old title belts in front of the 24-7 belt. And... It's just it's great just to see because it really does show you how crazy our truth really is.
1: And he keeps calling him Hornswoggle.
0: Oh, that is funny. <laughs>
1: I'm
0: I'm surprised the fans haven't chanted that when Drake comes out. Eh, give it time. <laughs> so you yeah, yeah, good uh, good for our truth, eight-time 24/7 champion, and that is your 24/7 champion. Tune in. In two weeks, and I'm sure you'll probably have a list of three, maybe four, five, six, seven, eight more 24-7 champions to add to that list. But I mentioned earlier that I did the whole ECW-AEW blog, which, again, you can check out at Not that I'm advertising that. Um, let's go to the AEW front for a little bit, and... I, I want to take a lot of time on this because I think it's a very serious issue that I don't think AEW really realizes. And that is, uh, for those of you who may or may not have seen uh, Fighter Fest, uh, which was AEW's second pay-per-view that they put on. Uh, I believe it was in Daytona Beach, Florida, this one was. Uh, it was during the match between Cody and Darby All-In for... Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. It was just a singles match. Um, after the match... Cody had with Darby All-In, Allen, however you say his last name, uh, no disrespect intended. After the match, uh, the former uh, Ty Dillinger, who is now Sean Spears, goes into the ring and hits Cody with a steel chair. However, Cody did not put his hands up. Cody instead opted to take the chair shot to the head, Um, something that I feel is beyond dangerous especially now in 2019 uh there's been a lot of from what i understand there's been a lot of different stories on the whole uh the on just how everything went down like i've heard stories of how oh cody planned for it to happen that way then i've heard stories of oh cody just didn't get his hands up in time uh there's a lot of stories, but after the chair shot happened, uh, Cody bled, and he bled a lot. And this is something else that I'm running into, and that's the fact that we're only two AEW shows in, and so far we've seen a lot of bloodshed between Dustin and now Cody. Um, first off, what's your initial reaction to the chair shot spot? Did you see the chair shot first? I off? did. I did. I. I uh, we we went to Massachusetts, so I couldn't see Fighter Fest live. However, I uh, I did catch uh, the replay on BR Live, and I purposely made sure I saw that moment. And that's
1: pretty much what I did. I made sure that I could see that moment because I knew everybody was talking about it, and Cody Rhodes knew that shot was coming. Because if you look at it,
0: he, he, he stands
1: of, there and lowers his head a little bit to kind of like absorb the blow. Right. He, he ten, basically he tensed up um, and Jr. is saying he didn't even have a chance to put his hand up, which, OK, that. Kind of is breaking the fourth wall when it comes to professional wrestling because you're admitting that whenever someone gets hit in the head with a chair, they put their hands up.
0: Right. Uh,
1: so that I didn't really care too much for. Uh, I didn't care too much for the chair shot in general because of all the brain problems uh, that can cause. I mean, we've seen it in other sports like the NFL with concussions. Right. Uh, we've seen tragedies happen like with Chris Benoit I mean over time that just plays a huge role in your mental health
0: absolutely um and and and, you know I don't want to say I'm torn it's just I understand what Cody was trying to do I mean from a Business standpoint, like, I'm not talking the medical side, just purely the business side of things. Cody has done everything he could these past two shows to separate himself from WWE. Uh, the matches seem like they're in a very good pace. Um, they, You could tell they're not relying much on storylines. They're showing that they are the alternative to WWE like they say they were going to be. And that's fine. Now, from a medical standpoint, like you said, I completely agree. This was uncalled for uh, by Cody. I think it was a very poorly handled uh, thing that he did. And quite honestly, if I was Sean Spears, I think I would feel pretty bad about whacking someone over the head with a with a chair. But regardless... I- Oh, go I, don't know,
1: I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter or not, but there's actually been a lot of backlash from the fans about it, too. Like, I read this one tweet. Uh, someone was saying, we don't need the bloodshed and the violent chair shots. All we need is good wrestling to keep us entertained.
0: I would even take that a step further and say we also need good storytelling. You know, I, it's not, to me, it's not a requirement, but I feel like, especially in 2019, if you want to post a more casual fan, you need some storylines. But, I mean, that's that's a different argument to get into. I just feel like, first off, I completely agree with that statement. I mean, you want to be different than WWE, fine. Put on matches that aren't a drawn-out 20-minute match where it's nothing but rest holds. But don't... You don't do anything stupid to your body. I mean, it's it's 2019. There's ways to protect yourself. Um, go ahead and, and protect yourself. Now, this is from, and I want to get your opinion on these these comments here. Uh, this is from Uproxx.com. Uh, and these are quotes from AEW President Tony Khan and Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks uh, commenting on the situation. Now, it, it's two different sides of it, both of them. Um one is Tony Khan's, it seems like it's more of an official statement. Nick Jackson seems like it's a little bit more, I guess, in character, maybe. Um, but anyway, here are the quotes. Now, the first one is from Tony Khan. And it says, quote, We called a doctor immediately. Obviously really regrettable what happened. I don't know if this is the time to go into detail about what happened, but we had taken precautions in this situation and that specific situation. A doctor was available, and Cody does not have a concussion and had staples, and we're all very grateful for that, end quote. Now, Nick Jackson commented – again, it's a little – he kind of blurs the line a little bit. He says, quote, you think it was unprotected, and I'll keep it at that. That was all Cody's idea. I don't even know what happened, to be honest. All I know is he did get staples, so I'm gonna have to look back and I'll have a comment on it later. I do know that they gimmicked the chair and it clearly didn't work, right? Because he was bloody, so I don't know. End quote.
1: Yeah, gimmick chair or not, that's not a bad idea, just hitting someone right over the head with it.
0: Yeah. Um and and the thing is is that right now, AEW. They, they can't, really, they can't do anything stupid, because they haven't even started on TNT yet. And if you want to throw caution to Lynn, that's fine, but it has to be calculated, and I just feel like this was not a calculated decision.
1: Yeah, it doesn't come at a good time, because like you said, they got that TV deal in the near future. And if they're doing stunts like this, how long is it before their sponsors start slowly pulling out? Right. And then you're just kind of
0: screwing yourself over. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. And it, it just it wouldn't be a good time because WWE needs competition right now. And I feel like if Ring of Honor can get a national deal, if, if Impact isn't being taken seriously enough to be in more households, if AEW can rise to the ashes and really take WWE a run for their money, then make sure what you're doing is right. And it's not for lack of a better word, stupid.
1: Well, speaking of TV deals and I didn't include this in the rundown that we did before the show, but, uh, impact wrestling is actually negotiating with AXS TV.
0: Oh, access. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting then because they already have two wrestling shows on access TV. They have, uh, Women of Wrestling, which it, it's a seasonal thing. Um, right. And then and they got New Japan New for Japan. wrestling. Right. So that that's going to be interesting. They're really making a, a push towards the wrestling market. If Impact is on Access, I think that that's... I mean, it's it's not the best move they could do in terms of like a large scale, but I think it's definitely a step up. So, I mean, good for them if they can land that.
1: Yeah, I think that would be interesting, and the best part is... I have direct
0: TV now and you have so access TV. I, I get that channel. <laughs> That's the one thing about streaming is that it's, it's so tricky to get a, a streaming package with everything you want. I know there, there's times
1: when I'm like, you know what? I really want to turn to this channel and see what's on. And I go through, I don't get that channel. Right. And then it's like, I start looking at other TV packages to see if, I can find something that has it included for about the same price. But then it's like, okay, well, this channel is not in that package. Yeah, it's it's tricky. It's a never-ending cycle.
0: And, you know, to, to, to speak on that a little bit, I've been wanting to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling because New Japan comes on, uh, I always get the day wrong. It's always it's either Friday night or Saturday night. I'm full, not fully sure which night. Um Although right now, because right now it's 9.47 p.m. right now, you could probably flip it on and and see if it's on. But um, regardless, I always think, oh, man, I I have the channel it's on. And then I forget, because I use Hulu Live, and Hulu does not carry Access TV at all. So I kind of have to borrow our mom's login, or I think I may even have yours, to watch New Japan. But the problem is is that I always forget that it's on. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's always a problem.
0: Yeah. So, uh, anyway, yeah, so unprotected chair shots, stupid. Don't do them. Now, going back to the WWE side of things for a little bit, I want to talk about... <clears throat> let's, talk, let's talk stomping grounds. Uh, let's get that out of the way. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so let's do that. Okay, because we don't... Yeah, and... Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like you already know what I'm going to say. I I mean, I don't know if I know what you're going to say in particular. I I might. Um, Let's just run down the card first. I mean, we don't have to go in detail with every match. We're already at a half hour into the show. So, I mean, we really don't have to spend a whole lot of time on these matches. Um, But just to give you the results, Drew Gulak beat Tony Nese uh, and Akira Tozawa in a triple threat match for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, That was on the pre-show. And then for the main card, Becky Lynch defeated Lacey Evans by submission for the Raw Women's title. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeated The New Day. Ricochet defeated Samoa Joe for the United States title. And I can't wait to hear what we had for these predictions. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan defeating Heavy Machinery for the SmackDown tag titles. Bayley defeating Alexa Bliss for the SmackDown Women's title. Roman Reigns defeating Drew McIntyre. Kofi Kingston defeating Dolph Ziggler by escaping the cage in a steel cage match and Seth Rollins defeating Baron Corbin in a no count out, no disqualification match for the WWE universal title with Lacey Evans as the special guest referee. So first off, and again, I don't really want to go into too much detail about these matches, but I will say this much. This pay-per-view had really great matches. However, I still feel like it was a little convoluted in terms of how some of these matches ended. But, with that being said, do you have our predictions? Yes, I do. <laughs> Alright, lay them on me.
1: Okay, there's nine matches that we made a prediction on. Out of those nine, Nick, you were right on five of them. Okay, that's respectable. Me, on the other hand, I was right on seven of them. Ah, are you kidding me? How I, I only,
0: kidding?
1: I only missed the Kofi and Dolph Ziggler match because I picked off Ziggler to one. Obviously, that didn't happen, and I lost on the New Day versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. No, and you lost on the Becky Lynch. Lacey Evans match, the Bailey and Alexa Bliss match, um, and the Cruiserweight match with Tony Nice, Gulak, and Tazawa.
0: Okay. Well, to speak on that, we neither one of us watches 205 Live. Um, also, before we get into the. I picked this, that right, by me? the way. Rub it in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. I want to make a quick note of this. This is purely a rumor, and I found this out through Twitter, of all things, and I double-checked Dirt Sheets just to verify it, and which just something I don't do. I actually don't go on Dirt Sheets at all, because I feel like it kind of just ruins the overall experience, but from what someone put on Twitter was that there was a rumor going around that 205 Live might even be canceled by the end of the year, I believe.
1: Yeah, I did not hear that, too. And that just leaves a lot of questions on the table. So I guess really we have to kind of sit back and wait and see because it's still a long time before the new year hits.
0: So we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, again, it's purely just a rumor at this point, but I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But anyway, and also as, as we go back to stomping grounds, neither one of us got the special guest referee right.
1: No, no, neither one of us did uh, You had picked
0: Lesnar, I believe
1: Yeah, you picked Lesnar And I picked AJ Styles and Which, actually I will say That shocked me that Lacey Evans Came out for that And, first, like, everyone kind of hated it Yeah, everyone kind of hated it at first But the more I sat back and watched I'm like, well, this is actually kind of good Because how many... Sense. It makes sense. And how many times in the past have they said, oh, there's going to be a special guest referee, and out comes like some legend, like Stone Cold or Shawn Michaels? Yeah. I mean, they surprised us with a regular talent, and that's something that they don't really do anymore. And that's something I think they do need, because they need to build up these stars, because eventually these legends that you have now, they're going to pass away. And then what? You need new legends to show up every once in a while.
0: Well, and and here's something I don't think a lot of fans really (laughs) understand is that for everyone that says, oh, Baron Corbin is so annoying. Lacey Evans is so annoying. They need to get off the TV. They're terrible. Here's the problem. Actually, it's not even a problem, I don't think. They're heels. They're doing their job. I've said this week in and week out for a long time and I still maintain the fact that Baron Corbin is the best heel WWE has right now. 100% oh, I agree. Best heel. Now, I will admit Lacey Evans needs ring work, I really do. But I would say she is top 3 heel in the company right now. I don't know if she's Number two necessarily because I think that spot might even be reserved as much as I hate to say this to Shane McMahon, but I think those are your top three heels right now. Which, on paper, you might roll your eyes at, but two out of three, I would take that over the wrong three people altogether.
1: Yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the on the head right there. Corbin is probably the best heel they have working for them right now. Uh Lacey Evans. You rank her kind of high in my opinion, but I would say top five, at least top ten.
0: So <clears throat> now I'm assuming you're all caught up on Raw, right? Yeah <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Okay. So for any of you who have not seen Raw within the past week or so, this is a spoiler, so this is your warning. Okay, so at the end of Raw, the match was Ricochet versus AJ Styles. Uh, The past couple of weeks, AJ has been uh, sort of in these backstage arguments, if you will, with the good brothers, uh, Gallus and Anderson. And it's essentially led to AJ just calling them out saying, oh, you guys haven't done anything, blah, blah, blah. And they kind of throw it back in AJ's face with a, well, what have you done for me lately kind of thing. Next thing you know, AJ's in the ring. Ricochet beats him. And AJ turns heel by attacking Ricochet. Uh, Good Brothers come in, they attack Ricochet as well, and they throw up two sweets. That's how Raw closes. Now, with that being said, do you think that instantly moves AJ into a top three for a heel?
1: In a way, yeah, because of how big of a babyface he was. I mean, everyone loves AJ Styles. And to see one of your top baby
0: faces turn heel, that's big. Yeah, fully agree. And again, as we're talking a little bit about stomping grounds, um, another match that I was actually pleasantly surprised on was Ricochet and Samoa Joe. Um, I was pleasantly surprised because we had this debate on the podcast last episode was, is Ricochet ready for a title? And I, it's something that I was always on the fence of, but I, I believe I ended up picking Ricochet. Right? Uh, let's
1: see. You had picked Samoa Joe.
0: Okay. Um, th- it was something I was on the fence about, and going back on it, I don't know if Ricochet is fully there yet, but I will say that. It's going to be interesting to see. Like, he he doesn't have mic skills. Like, I think that's kind of apparent after the Good Brothers segment on Raw. But give him time to shine. You know, at least give him the opportunity. Yeah, he's... He made a name for himself on the indies.
1: And he did that with his wrestling ability. So now he's in a situation where you have to excel on the mic, too.
0: Right. Right. Like some of the best high flyers in the business could barely talk on the mic. Like Jeff Hardy, one of my, well, my all time favorite. He can't really talk on the mic. Uh he sounds forced to me. Um uh, uh, then you have RVD, one of my all time favorites. Can't really talk on the mic, in my opinion at least. Uh I I guess you can make a case for Ray as well. He I mean he he does he's not too believable on the mic, Ray Mysterio. So that's kind of how I feel about Ricochet, but I think at the same time, you, you have to let him grow. <laughs> so, we move from that to, and real quick, we'll just touch on this, uh, The Undertaker returned to WWE as a whole, uh, which, it was a shock segment, I believe, two weeks ago now. Uh, I don't remember the exact segment itself, but I believe... Uh, Drew McIntyre and Shane were beating up Roman pretty bad in the ring. Next you know, like Shane is about to do coast to coast. We hear the boom sound. That was terrible. But you get the drill. Lights go out, they come back on, Taker's in the ring. To my my jaw dropped instantly when I saw Taker. And he beats up Shane and Drew, cuts a promo, does his typical rest in peace kind of stuff. So, Taker is back in the mix, (laughs) which is something I didn't think I was going to say in July. And now has a match at Extreme Rules, which I thought was interesting.
1: Yeah, he's going to be teaming up with Roman Reigns, the face Shane McMahon, and Drew McIntyre. Now, I was really shocked when I heard that gong. And then the lights go out, and they come back on, and there's The Undertaker my mouth just dropped. Like, I
0: was like, what's going on? This is big. Yeah, I just, I, I can't believe that. Now, I want to make a note about something here Um, before we go any further. Extreme Rules is next weekend. However, there's not really a whole lot of matches that have been announced, so I think I might do my own Extreme Rules predictions video or podcast episode if that's something you want to do together we can talk about that off air just right now this is normally the week we would do it but again it's not like a full card so i don't want to jump into it if it's not fully developed
1: yeah there's only been a few matches announced so we will talk about it off air. yeah Um, a little little side
0: note
1: here a little side note here uh new japan pro wrestling is on tv right now
0: okay so it is friday nights it's on okay good good to know for me um anyway so yeah real quick taker returned yeah i was shocked like i said
1: and because usually you only see undertaker around wrestlemania or right. like summer slam or survivor right. series big four this is extreme rules what is he doing Um, then you have to take into uh, you have to think about the ratings lately they've been kind of slipping a little bit and everyone's talking about AEW which is on the rise they got their TV deal coming in October
0: so I think that's where all that is coming from right I'm I'm sure it's an after effect Um, you know i I just feel like there's other ways to do it. You know, like you you said earlier, like eventually these legends aren't going to be around anymore to help boost the shows. And I love Take to Death. It's nothing against him. Just if you properly built up your superstars, he wouldn't be coming back.
1: Yeah, because like in this situation, they could have had The Miz team up with Roman Reigns. Right. Because he's already in a storyline against Shane McMahon. And Shane and Drew McIntyre are in a storyline with Roman Reigns, so wouldn't you think? Okay, well let's
0: combine all of this instead of it being one big cluster f. Well, and that's the thing is that they should have had as a tag match and just blow off the feud to extreme rules, but instead, for whatever reason, they felt the need to, to install Taker into the match as opposed to give himself his own match. So I, I don't. To me, it, it's confusing as why he's in the match but I digress you know again we'll get into our Extreme Rules predictions sometime in the near future again uh, check out the Twitter page Facebook all that good stuff we'll post something about it once we figure out what we're doing Um, well
1: let me ask you this though if you weren't going to have Undertaker in that match and you're just going to put him one on one against somebody who would
0: you pick uh uh I don't know. I, I mean, that that is tough, but you know, you know what? I, screw it. Throw him in a match with Elias. I mean, Elias isn't doing anything. I mean, there's not much to go off of, but Taker interfered uh, w- with Elias' performance the night after WrestleMania. So, I don't know. Just do a blow-off thing with Elias or, hell, even make Elias beat up Taker real bad and throw some extra heat on him. I mean, I I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't like the fact that he's in this match. You know what
1: I think would be kind of cool to see? What's that? I know this might not go over well. Some people may roll their eyes at it. But I don't know. I think I would be entertained by this. Aleister Black. He's doing those backstage interviews where he's saying, Someone knock on my door. I'm begging you. How cool would that be if that uh, a couple weeks ago when he had that knock on his door, if he stood up, walked over to the door, opened it up, and all of a sudden just see Undertaker's
0: hand wrapped around Alistair's neck? I think it would have been cool, now that you say that, it would have been cool if he opens the door, and, like, the moment he opens the door, the camera shoots, like, to the crowd watching the Titan Tron just so you can get their actual reaction and have, like, Taker do his eye roll thing where he puts his eyes in the back of his head, which how he does that is beyond me. But Oh, I can do that. But, like, have something like that. And then Taker do the whole throat motion with his hand. And, like, I, I think you could you, you could be a little creative with it. That would be pretty sweet to see if they did something like that.
1: And that would help build up Alistair Black. Yeah. Fully
0: agree. And then have Aleister Black go over on The Undertaker. Exactly. Pass that torch. Even if it's like a screw job. Something. Yeah. Well, you know, kudos to Taker for coming back. We'll see how it goes. Real quick, and again, because we're starting to run out of time, we've got 12 minutes left, but Strowman and Lashley. Moving gears, Strowman and Lashley had, I believe, it was a false count anywhere match on Raw, and it was actually a really great match um, up until the end, which my jaw dropped again. So WWE's been on the right path these past few weeks, I guess. Um, where I believe it was Strowman who speared Lashley through the stage, or it might have been the other way around. I'm not sure who speared who. And uh, next,
1: Strowman you- speared Lashley.
0: Okay, and next thing you know, the set just erupts. Power is going off. Things are falling everywhere. It it looked like a massacre, and Corey Graves... I was going to
1: say, it was funny, (laughs) because me and Corey Graves at the same time
0: said the same exact thing. Which was holy crap, we'll say. Oh, going PG on, on the fans, Nick. Going PG. Well kind of ironic wwe is pg well what's ironic is this one moment they weren't pg now we're pg but um so after that happened me and rebecca turned to each other like was he supposed to say that and turns out from his twitter page he was not supposed to say that he just slipped <laughs> and somehow someway wwe did not dump it in time
1: actually what i heard was the complete opposite
0: he was so?
1: he was scripted to say that
0: really yeah,
1: yeah. he was scripted I, to say that because and this is the next topic we're going to be getting into but um, Paul Heyman, the new executive for Monday Night Raw he he's trying to make the product more edgier. So that's one of the calls he, he made, being the executive director of Monday Night Raw. Uh, it was that, and I believe he may have also had something to do with The Undertaker showing up on
0: Raw. Okay, as I'm looking at this article from PW Mania, it, it agrees with exactly what you're saying. I See, I read something saying that he slipped, but. If looking, you
1: read that I, I, if you read that on Corey Graves' Twitter page, he in my opinion, he's
0: staying in character. Yeah, which, you know, good for him. Yeah. Um Yeah, so you know, cool. They blew up the set. It was it was a pretty wild spot. I think it was probably the best spot of the year. And I tweeted out that Paul Heyman uh the first fifteen minutes under the Heyman regime is better than the last six months of t- raw television. <laughs> Um, Just six months? I'm being nice here. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. Anyway, so we're going to talk about that last segment, but first, this last segment is powered by PowerSlam TV. PowerSlam TV has the top promotion and celebrities in the pro wrestling world, offering events, shoots, and other related content available for the first time and a single massive location that can be watched on smartphones, computers, and connected TVs. Power Slam TV showcases premium pro wrestling content from countries all over the world. Use promo code Pro Wrestling Pod for a month free. What are you waiting for? Pro Wrestling Pod gets you a month free on us. Visit Power Slam TV for more info. Now, we don't actually have to pay for
1: everyone's
0: subscription, do we? No, we only pay for that first month. Then after that, it's all them. Yeah, but Nick, I mean, if 10 people buy into
1: this for that first month, and let's say they charge, like, $24
0: that first month, do that does that come out of our pocket? Are, are we screwed? <laughs> okay, you know what you sound like right now? You sound like that Scott Steiner promo from TNA where he was doing fractions.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's, like, one-fifth of my paycheck, and then the other two-thirds of it has
0: to go... Over to to pay for this
1: thing, and <laughs> then you yeah. carry the two, and then yeah, things we can go Scott to hell. Here. I
0: want to I want to do a contest between you and Scott Steiner who can do math, and and just see who wins that contest. I,
1: I was actually pretty good at math, and you were, you
0: actually you're actually really good. I sucked at math. You had to help me with my homework. Anyway, so <laughs> so as you alluded to, yes, uh, Paul Heyman was announced as the executive director for Monday Night Raw, essentially meaning that he is going to be somewhat in charge of creative, although all final expectations will be met through Vince. And on the SmackDown side of things, it will be Eric Bischoff filling the same role for the blue brand. Now, um, my first thoughts originally were, holy crap, I went full Corey Graves on it and thought, this is the biggest news that WWE has had. And then I started thinking about it, and I thought, it's great, but I don't know if it's the smartest move. But I want to hear what you think first. Okay, well, let me point out
1: the facts here. Yes, Heyman has started. He made those couple calls we mentioned earlier. But on the SmackDown side of things, Eric Bischoff has not yet started. I want to make that clear.
0: Yeah, he Um, has not started.
1: He has not started. And when this story first broke, my initial thought was, why is Bischoff on SmackDown? And then it kind of hit me. SmackDown is moving to Fox Network. Exactly. And Eric Bischoff, for those of you who don't know, he's actually been in the i guess the tv industry for a while he's yeah. pitched uh tv show ideas to executives with fox so it kind of just makes sense because fox isn't happy with anything wwe related to be honest right uh, and actually fox is the reason they joined this whole wild card rule which in my opinion is totally stupid Yeah, let's let's not go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to get into that right now, but uh, all this is happening because of Fox not being happy. So I think WWE put Bischoff in that role to kind of please Fox. Now, another thing I've been hearing, though, is that the reason why they did this was so that they could lock up Bischoff and Heyman to deals so that they can't go over to
0: AEW and help them out. Okay, now, I, I, I have heard that part before. Um, I, I, okay, well, let's put it this way. Do you think that they would join AEW had they not signed WWE deals? Bischoff might have, because Heyman's
1: still kind of doing his thing with Brock Lesnar. So I think Bischoff <clears throat> might have been more likely. And... and Actually, that's even a stretch, because it was my impression that Bischoff didn't really want to have much to do with wrestling outside of his, like, 83 weeks podcast he does.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure uh, any convention appearances, things like that.
1: Right. It seemed like he didn't really want to get
0: involved with any kind of wrestling projects. Right. Um... I, I fully agree. Now, here's where I think it I, I don't really like it a whole lot, because A, Heyman has been known to clash with Vince multiple times throughout the years, and I kind of get the feeling that that won't change. I think after the honeymoon phase, I think they're going to go right back to their argumentative ways, so to speak. Um, with Bischoff, I... He, like I agree with you. He's more or less a liaison between WWE and Fox, I think, more than anything else. Um, but I think at the same time, I can honestly see Bischoff just straight up not liking what's going on and eventually leaving WWE anyway.
1: I think Bischoff will last until his contract is up. With Heyman, I agree with you because let's look at another fact that's happened in the past. Heyman was put in charge of the revival of ECW. Well, then, Vince McMahon didn't like how it was being ran. He wanted it to fit the WWE brand a little bit more. And he kind of took over, and it became the flop that it was known to
0: be. And, and, you know, for one, and I'm not going to stray too much from the topic, I'm probably the only person in the world who actually liked the new ECW, but... The problem is is that when you have – at least when it came to, down to running that ECW brand, it was Heyman's baby. It, I think it, it meant so much to him because he wanted to make sure that it was on par with what he did with the original ECW. But like you said, Vince wanted to fit the WWE mold. There was that clash. And then on top of it, even before that, when Heyman was in charge of creative for SmackDown at one point – SmackDown's ratings were actually better than Raw's, and Vince pulled him from the creative team because he didn't want SmackDown to overrule Monday Night Raw.
1: Yeah, I mean, Aiman's a good wrestling mind. The problem is, can you control that? Because, obviously, Vince McMahon, Triple H, those kind of guys, they have their own vision as to what the company should be. Whereas Paul Heyman, his vision of what the company should
0: be, may be skewed. I think when it comes down to Heyman and Bischoff, for the Ethel Bischoff in there as well, they all they really need is just to make sure that those storylines make sense. Like if you're losing a lot on TV, it doesn't make sense for you to become a number one contender for a title, which we've seen before. That kind of booking should not fly in 2019. And the fact that it does kind of makes me sick to my stomach a little bit. <laughs> and that's that's what I, I hope will happen, is that they will point out all of these bad booking decisions.
1: Well, another thing is they need to know how to use their talent properly. Uh, one of the things we've seen on Monday Night Raw since Heyman took over is that whole storyline with Mike Kanellis. Oh. Now that's a whole nother topic with the whole pregnancy thing. But who do you think was the guy behind bringing in Mike Kanellis to compete on Monday Night Raw?
0: Ahead of yeah. Which I'm glad for, but just don't put him in that kind of storyline. And and this is the one only time I think I'll allow like a significant curse word but i thought it was funny when maria w- did that backstage promo with seth becky and and her husband and called mike her bitch <laughs> i, I yeah, got such a good laugh funny. out of that <laughs> but, but uh yeah so i mean hey who knows maybe this will be the start of something new i i hope neither guy burns themselves out too much in their new roles but i'm i'm cautiously optimistic with how this is going yeah that's fair yeah. So, how you feeling, Matt? Feeling pretty good. Good. I am too. I think we had a good, good talk. I mean, good you talk, know, Nick. Your points sucked like normal, but I can't control that. At least my predictions are better than yours. Okay, that's a low blow. That hurts. Why do that. Yes, I can. You might have to hit the show the gmail's pro wrestling pod at gmail.com. Once again, pro wrestling pod at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash pro wrestling pod. Once again, Facebook.com slash pro wrestling pod. Twitter is at pro w Podcast. Once again, at pro w Podcast. Pro WrestlingPod.blogspot.com is your official website. Blog posts, interviews, episodes, all kinds of goodies on the website. Available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, right here on Anchor. My name is Nick. My name is Matt. We'll see you guys next time. See,
1: tune in for a wrestling podcast, and what happens? You get a math lesson. (laughs)
0: Because two-thirds is is greater than than five-sevenths, and you add the nine. Carry the two.
1: (laughs) time has arrived. We are broadcasting Raw Live from my ex. I'd rather watch two old women slap my ass. (laughs) (laughs) That's as tough as a chunk of my ass. Here comes the biggest
0: (laughs) ass. ass, ass, The big man is
1: back. Jim Ross, 350 (laughs) pounds. Say hello to my (laughs) ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest spectacle on earth. My ass.
0: 30 men will enter. My ass. You know what I mean. The most important thing to a tag team is my ass. I totally agree with you, JR. Here you go, King. Kiss
1: my ass. I wish you would jump on top of me, JR. It disgusts me to see my
0: ass. My daughter's nursery rhymes are more aggressive than this. I can't help but look at her butt, JR. What?